Hey guys, it's Luke here, coming to you from well outside of our regular uh, programming schedule. Uh, insert joke about how regular our schedule actually is, but it is the spookiest time of the year, and uh, I wanted to provide you with a little content that might scare your pants off, hopefully. So I've got a little audio story for you, it's uh, about 21 minutes long, and Listener discretion is advised. There's no real explicit descriptions of anything, but there are depictions of violence and murder. Um, so, fair warning. Now, before you settle in to listen to the rest of this episode, I want to suggest you go and get a glass from your kitchen, fill it with some sort of liquid that will make you feel good, Put two or three ice cubes in that glass and pop your headphones in and wander over to a dark, quiet corner of your house and enjoy the show. The following audio drama is a work of fiction. Any resemblance to real events or people living or deceased is merely coincidence. You are entering a Lost Art of Production. Twisted Tales from Twisted Minds An audio play Punishment by Luke Hosley The sun had set, leaving twilight hanging in the air as Jack arrived at the cabin. Jack wasn't his real name, but that's how he liked to think of himself. Especially on nights like tonight. Nights when Jack the Machine was working. The cabin was the same as it always was. Dark, dry wood that seemed to drink in the night. He was never alone here. The cabin also seemed to drink in the spirits of Jack's victims. Twelve so far. The body of a young woman was found near I-75. Traffic was backed up for miles while the EMS dug her out. The machine has struck again. And if there are small children in the room, you may want to uh, turn the channel or send them out because the next 30 seconds or so are quite disturbing. This time, it was a young woman from Covington. Severed at each joint with machine-like precision and buried at 13 different places along the northbound lane. And Jack remembered every single one. They had each left their mark on him. Hell, some of them even left their mark on the cabin itself. Brianna Mitchell fought back and ended up falling into the stairs, whipping her head back into the railing. The fall snapped one of the rail slats and her neck at the same time. Jack found the sequence of events amusing. He also found that fixing the slat was less of a chore than murder. But murder was a chore he didn't mind to endure for the sake of his art. 
But Jack didn't have time to reminisce tonight. The machine was on. The windows had already been blacked out with trash bags, but the rest of the room needed to be set up. Sometimes he would come out here when the urge to create struck him. The urge would usually subside after he arranged the cabin and relived his creation process. He'd remember every stroke and slice of the blade, every satisfying pop of the joint separating. Last time the urge didn't go away. He'd come out here, move the big wooden dining room table to the center of the room and crawl through his memories. But the urge only got stronger. The urge eventually turned into a trip to the hardware store for enough tarps and shower curtains to cover a football field. Then a risky, impromptu art project named Alice May. Tonight was different. Jack had done his homework. Mrs. Jones got off work from the 7-Eleven at 1 a.m. on Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. She walked home passing by a bus stop on Monday and Thursday. There are several sanitation workers waiting for the 115 bus, but on Wednesdays, the sanitation crew took a different bus, leaving her all alone, leaving her all to Jack. He was being much more careful than last time. He had picked up Alice May at a honky-tonk bar underneath the bright neon sign of a cowboy smoking a cigarette. Any number of people could have noticed the tall, thin stranger speaking to the soon-to-be-missing barfly. Jack had even thought he noticed the hardware store owner giving him a funny look when he bought the plastic. What scared Jack most about Alice May was that he knew how dangerous it was. But at the time, he just did not care. Hey, uh, you want to get out of here? Sure. As irresponsible and uncontrollable as he had been with Alice, he had to admit, she was by far his best work. Still, Jack couldn't afford to let his passion take him again. He had gathered his supplies over a couple of weeks from different hardware box stores. I, uh, I'm hoping you can help me out. I'm looking for some plastic covers or some tarps or something. Yes, we have several kinds. What's the project? Well, the wife says I'm in the doghouse if I don't paint the living room this weekend. Sure, follow me. Yeah, these are perfect, thanks. No problem. Good luck with that room. Oh, uh, one more thing. Where's the tape? Even had a plausible story for each one. Hey, uh, excuse me, young man. You think this tarp is big enough to cover two deer 3010s with wide fronts? Uh, I don't know. Huh, well, I better get two just in case. Is that all, sir? Yeah, just the tarps. And this rope. And he always paid in cash. Big cooler, fishing line, hatchet, rubber mallet, snacks. Somebody's got a fun weekend planned. Yeah, I'm going camping. It's the first time in a long time, so I was missing a few essentials. 
I'm pretty excited, though. All the plotting and gathering, all the planning and waiting, all the agonizing over each detail with mounting anticipation. All of it had led to tonight. It had been difficult to be so patient. The urge inside of him had been growing the whole time. He could never let what happened with Alice May happen again. That's how guys get caught. They go berserk. They get greedy. They get sloppy. The room was ready. The table was set and the clock had struck the magic hour. Well, this is unexpected. Two men stumble out of the woods and into the clearing with the cabin just as Jack's brake lights disappear around a bend and into the trees. Shh. The cabin's right there. Are you sure about this? I don't know. But I won't be able to live with myself if another young woman goes missing. Why not call the cops? I did. They laughed me out of the station. All I know is he had a crazy look in his eye when he bought me out of tarps and towels a few weeks ago, that same night that Alice went missing. You even sure he's in town? Yeah, I saw him in Walmart this afternoon buying a hatchet and fishing line. Seems like things you might need at a cabin in the woods. This feels different. Well, there aren't any lights on, no car. Let's go take a look inside. The old man was thinking about it in the dark. He pulled a shotgun up to his chest. They were taking a big enough risk being out here at all. Going into the cabin unprovoked would be a step too far. At this point, they could still pretend to be lost hikers. No, we should wait. For what? I don't know. I'll know when it happens. Wake me up when that happens. The night hid the expression on the old man's face. Disdain? Disgust? Disapproval for sure. But as the hour passed with nothing changing but the spinning sky, the old man felt his own eyelids get heavy. The old man slowly opens his eyes. 
wondering if the idiot beside him is actually snoring. Then he starts to notice some strange glinting of lights in the dark. As his old eyes gathered all of the light the night had to offer, the car came into focus. The moon glinting off its windows stood in stark contrast against the black void that was the cabin. Hey, wake up. He's back. Did he have a victim? Or groceries? I don't know. I dozed off too. Come on. He hadn't been here long. His hood's still warm. Yeah, well, I hope... The old man kicked at the door just inside the door handle and immediately regretted it. His knee exploded in fiery pain, flooding down the pool on his foot. But the young man picked up where his fallen friend left off. The door burst open on the young man's second kick, sending a shower of splintered wood into the entryway. Light poured into the porch, throwing the young man's shadow back to the car. The old man could only sit and watch as his companion's eyes widened in horror. We were too late. Almost as a reflex, the young man lifted his shotgun. No! The old man scrambled to his feet as quick as his injury would allow and hobbled inside. The old man's eyes widened in horror as he saw the scene inside. A young woman lay on a plastic-covered table with the black hilt of a combat knife protruding from her chest. Blood was pouring off of the table to pool into a dark-colored tarp below. Her eyes, wide and blue, would never see again. Her killer, the man he had sold tarps to a few months ago, was leaning against the back wall. The buckshot had turned the man's chest into a shredded red mess. The old man couldn't distinguish between bloody shirt and scraps of skin. The killer's legs slowly lost strength and he slid into a sitting position, leaving bright red streaks on the wood paneling behind him. No, no, now he won't face any punishment. He has to be punished. Jack felt his life fading away with the light. Everything seemed so far away, but one word forced itself through the pinprick of senses that his former reality had become. Punishment! 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 Then, there was only the absence of anything but death. Suddenly, Jack is in the middle of a tornado of swirling static. Black and white dots and squares pixelate as they swirl around him. The swirling tunnel closes in as the black pixels begin to overtake the light. The pressure increases as the light quickly fades. His legs are crushed and forced into a fetal position. Only one white pixel remains directly in front of him. He feels himself lurch forward, the pressure continuing to increase. Jack tried to scream, but couldn't expand his lungs enough to take in any air. The walls around him continue to contract until his whole being is concentrating on not being crushed 
Just when he's ready to give in and die, he slides forward toward the single pixel of light. The single pixel which has grown impossibly bright. Freezing air replaces the constricting pressure as Jack takes the breath he's been struggling to take and lets out a primal scream. But the sound he makes sounds foreign to Jack's ears. Jack's eyes are forced shut by the lights as impossibly large hands sweep him through some unknown space. He couldn't understand how it could be so cold in a place this bright. Congratulations, Mom. It's a girl. After what felt like an eternity in his hellscape, the large hands placed him securely on soft warmth. Jack was enveloped in a comfort he had never felt in life. Hey, baby. Oh, you're so beautiful. Jack, the baby, was eventually renamed Janet Renee by her new parents. And she was one of the unhappiest babies in the entire nursery. And this didn't change when Janet was brought home. Jack couldn't have imagined a worse hell. The mind of a man who could flay skin off bone with machine-like precision trapped in a body that couldn't even successfully place her thumb in her mouth for comfort. Is she hungry or something? She just ate, and before you ask, I got a huge burp out of her. Oh, let me see her. Come here, girl. After the initial shock of his new situation wore off, Jack Janet became determined to develop quickly so that she could continue her work. She actually began to feel lucky. How many artists were granted two lifetimes to bring their visions to life? Or in Janet's case, bring her visions to death. Is she holding her head up? Of course she is. That's Daddy's strong girl. But as time passed, the thoughts of Jack the Machine became fewer and farther between. By the time she was able to walk, Janet's mind was no different than any other 15-month-old. Well, maybe baby Janet retained a few of Jack's traits. His mischievous curiosity, for one. Whoa, Baby Jay, be careful with Mr. Fluffers. Don't bend his tail like that. Um, you don't think that she did that on purpose, do you? No. I, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't think so. Otherwise, she led an unremarkable but fulfilling life. She graduated high school and moved to the big city of Covington, where she met John Jones. Hey, could you help me? I'm a bit lost. A funny man with a boring name. He stole Janet's heart and gave her that same name. Shortly after they got married, John encouraged Janet to get a college degree, an offer she took him up on, which is how she found herself leaving work at 1 a.m. in downtown Covington. Janet's apartment with John was just a few blocks from the convenience store where she worked. Usually, there were three guys in matching jumpsuits waiting at the bus stop. But not tonight. 
Tonight felt different somehow, and it wasn't just the reports of the missing girl, Alice May. Janet had this odd sensation of deja vu. Interesting. It seems Jack's part in the story is not quite finished. Jack the Machine threw Janet into a familiar looking car and is now pulling up to a familiar looking cabin. As soon as her eyes adjusted to the light inside the cabin, that odd feeling of deja vu exploded into an overwhelming realization that this had happened before. She remembered everything. How could she be Janet? She was Jack. And she had been Jack when he had killed Janet. But then, the knife seemed to be moving in slow motion, but she only had eyes for the door. <sighs> As the familiar scene faded around her, Janet did not fight the whirlwind this time. She recognized what was happening and accepted it. She was going to miss John and her family, but after the realization of her devious previous life, she was just glad to put the whole thing behind her. Here you go, Mom. A healthy baby girl. Oh, my baby. My beautiful little Alice May. Perhaps the old man needn't have worried that Jack was going to escape punishment. Perhaps we all can expect just punishment when our time comes. Perhaps not. But as long as there are Jack the Machines walking around in the world, a little punishment may go a long way. Be kind to one another. <laughs>
Punishment was written and narrated by Luke Hosley and performed by a ragtag cast of characters, of friends, and, well, let's be honest, this was done in quarantine, they're all family. Matt Hosley was the old man. Jenny Wells Hosley was the young man. Sorry, Jenny, I recorded the narration before you volunteered for the part. Patrick Hosley was store clerk one and three and various newscasters. Susie Hosley was newscaster three, Alice May, mom one, and pretty much any time I needed a lady voice. Thanks, Susie. Jack and all other voices were portrayed by Luke Hosley. Sound design by Luke Hosley. Very special thanks to freesound.org for their amazing sound library, including one extremely terrified-sounding young woman. I hope she's okay. The intro and outro music were written and hastily performed by Luke Hosley. No actors were harmed or even used during the making of this production. <laughs>